Hello and welcome back to another IDC Tech Talk podcast. As always, I am your host, Miles Dawson, and today I'm very happy to welcome Francisco Geronimo to the podcast. Hello, Francisco. Hi, Miles. Um, Francisco, I wonder if you could um, give our listeners a quick overview of yourself and your core coverage at IDC. Sure. So basically, I cover uh, all the trends on mobile devices for IDC with a particular focus on Western Europe. But most of the trends are not uh, just for one region. They happen everywhere in the world. And uh, we look at what mobile phone, tablet, AR, VR, wearable players and all players in the the mobile devices space uh, are doing and what are the biggest trends for the next years to come. So yes, indeed, today we are here to talk about mobile devices. So it'd be great to kick off with a, with a kind of high-level, top-line question. What do you think the big trends are going to be for 2018? Yeah, we are, we are uh, one month away uh, from MWC, the biggest show for mobile devices in the world. And we will hear a lot about the, the, the latest trends for this year and what we can expect. And one of the hottest trends that is on top of everyone's minds and on top of, of everyone's agenda, agendas are is basically artificial intelligence. How to make devices more intelligent because we talk about smartphones, we talk about smart watches, we talk about smart other products, but are they really smart? Or can we make them even more smart, or even, even more smarter or, or, or even uh, more intelligent than, than what uh, we have today? Hmm. That's an interesting question, isn't it? Because um, almost all phones have a an AI component built in now, and you've got a different virtual. Well, they call them virtual assistants a lot of the time. You've got your Siri, you've got your Google. Um, do you think that's going to build out this year at all? Anything that's yeah. going to get more developed? Everyone talks about AI on everything, and it's hmm. quite quite a, a buzzword for everything most companies are doing, but. What does it really mean? That's hard to define. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean today for consumers? It's even harder because when we talk about smart or digital assistants, uh, the likes of Siri or, or Google Assistant or Cortana, they indeed answer questions, but try to use them when you are offline. They don't simply work. So are they that intelligent? Or can we find ways that regardless of the connectivity we have, uh, we can have those features and those uh, advanced um, uh, assistance working for us? And on top of that, what can we do with a smartphone that n- does have intelligence? Because this is not just about giving us answers about uh, a specific topic. It's about the device performing activities or tasks for the user without the user to request those tasks. And I give you an example. If you get a text uh, from your spouse and if she asks you to bring something home on the way at the end of the day from the supermarket, usually read a text or the message on on, uh, WhatsApp, for instance, and you have to put a reminder on your phone. And when you are at supermarket, you buy whatever she, she uh, asked you to, uh, to buy. But imagine the phone can take that action for you without you having to perform anything else because it can identify what's in the text and can take the, the, set the alarm uh, straight away on your phone. So those kind of features, that's what we will see more and more uh, coming in the, in the next years. And for that to happen, we need the device to have 
dedicated AI chipsets. So most of the machine learning and deep learning algorithms run on the device rather than just on the cloud, which gives quite good benefits because you don't have to be connected to the, to the, to the network all the time. You have a lot more privacy and it's a lot faster. You don't need, the, the data doesn't need to travel to the cloud to be processed and coming back to come back to the phone. So that's the kind of features that we will see from now on starting to emerge on most flagship devices um, for for this year and next years. Excellent. So what about the wearable market then? I mean, if you believe the media headlines, um, don't have us believe it's a bit doom and gloom in this market. Is that is that the case? Yeah, there's a lot of... I, I think with the wearables market, there was a lot of very high expectations and everyone was expecting wearables to represent uh, or, or the number of units... Uh, sold to be as big as smartphones and that's not the case however the market is very healthy um, just to give you an example in the third quarter 2017 the total market grew seven percent and if you look at smart wearables in particular so where we include smartwatches, the market grew 65 percent year on year this is far higher than the 3% that we are seeing on average on smartphones today. So clearly there's a strong opportunity uh, in this specific category. And we also are seeing very interesting developments on, on devices like the Apple Watch. It's not just about tracking steps or, or giving alerts, it's about having a device that can track information about you or your information about your body that can be very useful for a GP or for a doctor uh, to, to access because the, we, the, the device can track heart rate, uh, can track the exercise you do, etc. And those are essential data points for a doctor to look at and to see how you are exercising and what can impact your uh, health in the, in the future. And that's the, 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 the specific segment uh, along with the sports that some players are taking because there's a very a strong value proposition for consumers when you when a manufacturer offers something that can help you to understand how you are and uh, and your well-being and that's that's a very interesting proposition so it's interesting i mean do you think then that growth is based on more of a curiosity in the consumer market? I mean, are people really using these devices to their fullest or do you think people are buying them and then kind of uh, leave them on the, leave them by the side after three months? Yeah, the, 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 we are seeing that, that happens on the basic world. So people buying the wristbands to count st some uh, their steps and they are quite cheap buying those kind of, uh, of uh, wristbands. But one, two, three months later, they stop using it because when you know how many steps you walk on average per day, what's the point of keeping using it or keep using it? So in very basic devices, we see that trend happening. People bought devices by, by, um, uh, because they saw it in some store or online, a good promotion, and, and they start, started using it. But with smartwatches, it's slightly different because First, companies like Apple is, are really pushing hard to sell their smartwatches. And secondly, 
because a smartwatch is not just about counting steps, it's about everything else that you can do, uh, uh, accessing specific applications, making payments, um, uh, being able to, to, to read your messages, etc., etc. the healthcare uh, proposition that is, is, is growing in that category. So consumers are getting aware that it's not about counting steps anymore, it's about a, a few more features that are grabbing the attention of, of those consumers. Mm. And when you have your friends and or, or, or colleagues at work using a smartwatch, you tend to ask, why do you use it for? And do you really like it? And there are very interesting surveys around the Apple Watch that show that people who bought the Apple Watch are really happy with the, with the proposition, the value proposition. And they feel they, they, they are improving their well-being by using a, a, a smartwatch. Mm. If your smartwatch tells you to stand up after one or two hours sitting in your desk, uh, you tend to do something and you tend to be more active. And that's the kind of value that people are finding on smartwatches and therefore mm. they are spending more money buying a smartwatch mm. than, than buying those uh, cheap wristbands that mm. Uh, become very uh, useless uh, after some time. Excellent. Okay, so let's change tack for a second and talk about virtual reality. Um, I mean, if you go to a show or a conference, you'll inevitably see plenty of demos going on, um, and there's been some significant stories in the media, particularly over the last 12 months, about different vendors for augmented and virtual reality systems. So what's the market like at the moment? What, what is it growing as fast as it seems to be, or is it all just hype? The, the, the market is, is growing, there are some uh, trends happening at the moment, especially in terms of product portfolio. We are moving from the the the, the basic VR headsets uh, or the more advanced ones that need to be connected to a, a laptop uh, to provide a, a very good experience to the to VR headsets that can work on their own uh, standalone headsets. Um, and I'm not talking about those connected with the with the uh, mobile phone. I'm I'm talking about the standalone that can provide you an experience and have all the chipsets embedded. And that's a market that we expect to grow 50% this year uh, from last year. So they're very interesting growth. Um, but what is more important on the on the AR and the, and VR world is not just what's happening on on VR. Uh, it's true you go to any show uh, and you see VR headsets but what is really interesting is the AR augmented reality space mm. where the int where enterprises are taking those headsets and, and the, that technology to to the, the, the workspace to improve efficiency and when you can have an enterprise um, that can remotely fix a big uh, or a machine somewhere else in the world without having to send the engineer um, to that specific location because there are only a, a few people uh, in the world that are able to fix those kind of heavy machinery, mm. then it's, it becomes a very interesting proposition. Or when you are building a specific or designing a specific product and when you can see it in front of your eyes mm. without having to build uh, uh, a mock-up, mm. then it's cost-saving and it's mm. a lot faster. 
And we are, we are seeing across all the industries very strong interest in this space. And indeed, uh, our latest uh, uh, enterprise mobile devices sur survey that we published um, uh, by the end of last year, we found out that in Western Europe, 16% of enterprises are already using and trying uh, AR and VR in their, uh, in their uh, organizations. And that's very promising. It's probably one of the, the technologies that can improve the process significantly uh, over the next years. And that's, what's, what, that's the main driver for the adoption uh, and for the trials and tests that we are seeing in many enterprises and many industries uh, across Europe and in other regions of the world. So this is not a world of just VR headsets to play games. Uh, it's a world of a different way of interacting with data because at the end of the day that's what AR and VR give you it's a different way of manipulating data uh, without a keyboard or a mouse um, and that's or a touch screen as we are we 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 are used to today in many in many of the devices that we use um, it's about interacting with digital objects and seeing objects in front of our eyes uh, without having to build them and that's that's the the interesting thing about it excellent well, that's really fascinating. Um, so you're going to be at this Mobile World Congress? Definitely. Uh, and every single year. Absolutely. And obviously we have a briefing, don't we? We the... have a briefing mm -hmm. on Sunday, an uh, IDC brunch, where we'll be talking a lot more about what we are expecting this year at MWC, but about the latest trends on the market, not just on mobile devices, but also in other areas mm. like IoT or or uh, uh, telco space. So mm. definitely an event to uh, uh, to attend, and we invite everyone uh, to register and and uh, and to attend it to learn about the latest trends on on the IT, the IT space. Fantastic. Yeah, we'll put the description for that in the description for the podcast. So if you're interested, you said description twice. Say put the link for that in the description. All right. Well, we'll put the link for the. We'll make sure that we put the link for that event in the description of the podcast below. So please feel free to follow the link and have a look. Um, and that's about all the time we have for today. So thank you very much, Francisco. Thank you. And thank you all very much for listening. Uh, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud so you can join us next time we discuss another topic affecting the IT industry. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at IDC underscore Amir and you can follow Francisco as well. Yeah. F Geronimo. F Geronimo. There we go. And of course, we're also on Facebook. We're on YouTube and we're on LinkedIn too. So just search us there under IDC. Thank you very much. See you next time. Thank you.